Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2309. Buckle up because today we're going racing. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Columbus, Ohio, with a very special guest, a very fast guy by the name of Colin Mullen. Colin, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely. Thank you, Mark, for having me. You're welcome. We're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you an introduction and we dive into your world of racing, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Colin? Oh, man. Well, I guess the uh, the big background on on me, I guess, aside from the racing world, I'm studying mechanical engineering in, in college right now at Ohio State. So Good for you. Bringing in that engineering mindset. And not too many ro- racing drivers in the U.S. have a, a mechanical engineering background, funny enough. So um, there's there's very few and far between of us. So um, outside of the racing world, that's uh, that's what, what my focus is here. Well, that's very cool. That means you're a very, uh, very smart guy. And my wife uh, has her degree in uh, engineering and ended up going into the uh, civil engineering world. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you guys with all your math. Ugh, I stay away <laughs> from all that fun stuff. So let me give you an introduction here. Colin Mullen is a racer and the 2020 GT4 American Sprint X champion, uh, co-driving with Jarrett Andretti in the silver class. He was nominated as the GT4 Driver of the Year in 2021 by Sports Car 365. Colin is experienced in a variety of disciplines of racing, achieving success in touring car, open wheel GT, and prototype categories. He earned the 2018 Team USA Scholarship joining an alumni list featuring numerous IndyCar and IMSA champions. And he was one of the youngest winners in the history of IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Very cool. Off track, he's a mechanical engineering student, and he said, as he says, at Ohio State University. He's set to graduate in 2024. And he's also the Parkinson's Research Ambassador with the Danville the Elegance Foundation. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. They uh, keep the fuel in the tanks here during our pit stops, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors For collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented 
and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Colin, we are back. So I'm going to dive a little deeper into the corner with you, but I want to go back and have you share first, how did you get into racing? When did this all start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's funny. I, I don't come from a generation of racers or you know, really a car enthusiast as a whole. My dad was always a little bit of a car guy, had some projects here and there, but never dove too deep into the the car or motorsport world until I was about five years old. Um, I saw NASCAR on TV one day and thought, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Soon enough, I had all the NASCAR, you know, little diecast cars collecting, adding up. And coincidentally, my dad heard about a place where I could start driving race cars at age five and form a quarter midgets about 20 minutes down the road from our house. So um, we kind of jumped in there and it's been a crazy road since then. But the goal of just moving up to bigger and faster cars has always kind of persisted through that uh, through that challenge. So, um, yeah, started out at age five in quarter midgets, nine years old, got into half scale NASCARs called Mini Cups. So I was racing that around the uh, West Coast, places like Stockton, Madeira, up in Roseville, and uh, and then got into to karting and road racing around age uh, age 11. So that's kind of where I stepped away from the, the oval world growing up and got into to road racing. And that brought me into uh, to sports cars today. Well, I love it. You got to be careful when you start buying those little cars because I, <laughs> I've heard this story over and over again where this leads to. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, which is fun. But the fact that you started so young has to be a great benefit. And you're still a young guy, but let's talk a little bit about what you did, let's say last year in racing and what you're going to be doing this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, in most recent years, GT4 racing has been my bread and butter. So GT4 America um, got into that with Andretti Autosport in 2019. Funny enough, through a uh, a phone call just out of the blue to my dad from John Andretti. The team I was racing for at the time, uh, we ran Honda Civic Touring Cars and IMSA in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. And one of our, our team owners and, and co-drivers on the team, this gentleman, Mike Lamara, John was pretty good friends with Mike and said, hey, you know, Mike, I want you to come drive with my son, Jarrett, in this uh, in this GT4 car. You know, we're, we need a co-driver for Sonoma, the upcoming races. You know, would you be able to do it? Mike said, no, you know, I can't. But I know a kid out in Northern California that might be a good fit for you. I think the the question that sealed the deal for for John was Mike would you you know would you have this kid drive for your own team and he said well he already is so <laughs> nice um, it turned out you know it turned in from a uh, a one race one race deal we finished on the podium overall won our class there turned into another couple of races in the season and ended with uh, with a couple overall wins in Las Vegas to cap out the year and then transitioned into a, a full season effort in 2020 when we won the championship with uh, with that program in, in GT4 America. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. No, I appreciate it. It was an amazing experience closing out the season in Indianapolis um, as well there. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, and that was COVID year, obviously. So lots of lots of challenges behind the scenes. But so it was amazing to kind of come together at the end there with a, uh, an awesome result. Then following up on that in 2021, strange year to begin with and had an amazing opportunity to, to help a new team start out uh, JMF Motorsports with um, backed up by Conquest Racing. New effort, 
Canadian businessman John Farrow. He wanted to to get his feet wet in racing, and so he started up a team with with Conquest and bought a Mercedes GT4 car and an LMP3 Duquesne chassis. And we went and raced the the LMP3 and IMSA prototype challenge. A little bit kind of uh, up and down season there in prototype challenge, but we had some amazing success in GT4. Our first uh, two races, we we slowly kind of got up up to speed, learned the car, and we joined halfway through the season uh, in GT4 there and then closed out the year with four overall race wins and swept the last two weekends of the season. With, uh, with a bunch of wins and, and, uh, and fastest laps here and there. So it was amazing to be a part of that program and help get it uh, started and, and seeing them you know, continue some great success down the road now is, uh, is always awesome. But as for my, myself today, you know, we're always uh, chasing partners and sponsors to, to get back behind the wheel. And that's always the, uh, the constant struggle and reality of, of today's racing world. So we'll see. Hopefully some stuff in the works this year. I would love to get back out at Laguna Seca, my home track, for uh, for the IMSA weekend coming up, but uh, but fingers crossed and kind of knock on wood for myself, you know, in the, in the coming years here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I hear that from everybody, all the hundreds of racers. Oh, yeah. It's money, 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 but it's such an expensive sport to do. But Laguna Seca, that's where I got my racing license for vintage racing. And I love that track. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun. I go there every year for the vintage races that they have. And, you know, what I really need to do, and I haven't done this, which is crazy to think, is to go there to see real racing. And I know all my fellow vintage racers are going to go, hey, Mark, it's real racing. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe kind of, but not really. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, that's for sure. But to watch real folks race race there and motor gp which they've done some motor gp there but uh that track's undergoing some uh really nice renovation stuff i just saw the new bridge get put in there they had a live stream going on i think it was last week yeah yeah it is it's it's awesome to see and i think um you know it's for people who've been going there for years it's about time we see some of the these renovations but it's great to see that it's happening uh, happening now Um, i don't think the resurfacing will be done quite in time for this year's imsa race but should be soon enough and i'm excited to drive the track when it's uh when it's resurfaced um like funny enough you said that's your the track you got your vintage license on that was my first ever proper racetrack i drove on out of karting at a skip barber school oh yeah, yeah. i missed my uh my eighth grade promotion ceremony for middle school to uh to go out and drive some some race cars <laughs> on tracks so. well that sounds like a good reason to miss miss that for sure <laughs> yeah that was fun the skip barber program going out there was great fun i really enjoyed that and i uh, got to do their three-day open wheel school mm. and then they did their at the nice. time they were doing their viper uh deal so doing a lot of skid pad stuff with the viper and then going down on the track and all that fun stuff but very very cool you know when you think about racing for you yourself Mm -hmm. obviously you have people during your life that you've looked up to that have been inspirational Mm -hmm. people mentors i mean surrounding yourself with great teams which sounds like that's what you've been very fortunate to do that doesn't just happen that happens with aligning yourself with the right people but has there been somebody in your life that has been a great influence and a great mentor that's really helped you along you know, I'm not sure if there's been just one specific person. There's been a lot of, uh, and I think that's the beauty of the the sports car racing world as a whole is that there's so many people who are willing to help out and jump in in times of uh, in times of need here. Um, you know, going back to even 2018 when I got my first you know kind of pro ride with the uh, with the Mini Cooper JCW team and and uh, what was then the Continental Tire Challenge and now is a Michelin Pilot Challenge. Um, uh, Jeremy Shaw was one of the commentators for the series, and he's been a huge proponent of supporting um, young and upcoming American drivers through the Team USA scholarship program. So if I hadn't been racing in that series, per se, Jeremy wouldn't have taken notice of me in the uh, as part of the commentary team for IMSA Radio. Saw what I was doing and said, hey, why don't you, this isn't exactly in the sports car world, but why don't you come take a look at this uh, this open wheel scholarship that we have? And I'd obviously known about Team USA for 
a good a good couple of years now, and it was an honor to be even nominated for the program to to join that process. And then you know moving along, being selected as one of the winners that year was certainly a I mean amazing experience to to go over to the UK. So Jeremy is an amazing. Uh, influence and has always been someone to to help out and support young racers like myself. And um, it's great to see the Team USA program still have success today and um, in bolstering young drivers' uh, careers here. And Jeremy's also looked out for me in a couple couple of those opportunities, like the Mercedes uh, program in GT4. Wouldn't have gotten that introduction if it wasn't for uh, for someone like Jeremy. Other people in the industry, I mean, sports car drivers like Jonathan Bomarito. Growing up, we my dad and I would go watch the races. And um, you know, I went to Long Beach maybe when I was 12 or 13 years old and was just talking to drivers asking, Hey, how do you, how do you do this? You know, how do you, how do you make a career out of this? And, um, they've always been open doors, you know, open phone calls whenever we've needed anything. Um, it's just been great to have so many people in the paddock who you can, um, call on for support or, or just, you know, ask general questions. It's a, it's a pretty open book around the, uh, the racing world, which is awesome to see. Oh, absolutely. Did you have a chance to be down at the Long Beach Grand Prix recently? Um, I haven't in the past couple of years. I was, I'm still the one thing about 2020 that I'm more bummed about than anything else is missing the Long Beach Grand Prix because GT4 America was supposed to race there that year. Um, so we would have gotten a chance to to take the McLaren to the streets of Long Beach, which um, would have been amazing. But uh, that's one of the f- uh, early races I went to growing up. Um, my dad and I went down there for the IndyCar and in ALMS weekend. Been going there for for quite a while, but haven't made it down there in recent years. When I was in, I think it was a senior in high school or first year of college, went to the uh, the first F1 races uh, mm. that were down there. And I wow. mean, saw some of the legends <laughs> run that track back in the day. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And luckily, uh, a friend of mine's <clears throat> dad was one of the sponsors. So we got to go behind the scenes into the pits and on the oh, and back awesome. there, too. They were a little more lackadaisical about safety. And we were literally <laughs> hanging over walls watching these F1 car go by. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so oh, cool. Yeah. But- There's some. uh some of my favorite onboards are up on YouTube. Um, I mean, just the old F, the old uh, track configuration, almost hitting a jump over one section of the track, oh, oh, crushing yeah. it back into the. I mean, amazing and stuff you couldn't get away with nowadays. You know, with modern safety standards. But oh my God, it's. I mean fascinating to look back on for yeah, sure yeah congratulations to the winners and, and plus they they ran this year they ran the uh historic formula one cars as well so there yeah, was some really really cool cars on the track to see for sure you know i also like to ask about challenges now every time i ask this question to racers i kind of go what a dumb question because my gosh <laughs> everything about racing is a challenge from trying to get into it uh, the money you mentioned uh, yep. and then uh, just the races themselves especially the kind of racing that you do but is there perhaps one big challenge you could share with our listeners that maybe somebody out there is going through that in some similar way that when you look back, you go, you know, that was a pain, but I'm glad I went through it because it taught me a really valuable lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that early 2019 season with An- with Andretti was a um, a good thing to look back on for myself. I know you mentioned you know racers and, and challenges, and I'm sure we all go through the, the same stuff on track. But I mean, there's a big lesson, you know, or, or big thing I took away from the end of it. But we had a couple really rough weekends after Sonoma. I mean, Sonoma was a great start for us. Then Watkins Glen, Portland, we didn't finish a race for four races in a row there. Wow, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was again, amazing program for us, but it was just one disappointment after another, you know, anything that could have gone wrong pretty much did. At the same time, I was running a, a Civic touring car in IMSA and it was a similar story on that end, less DNFs, but we just couldn't piece it together, you know, kind of bad luck going our way for a, a big run. And 
you know, it's easy to, to fall in that trap and cycle of just, you know, getting down on yourself if things just can't go right or, you know, if you can't if you can't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. But um, we ended off at, at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And um, I mean, the uh, the race weekend itself, this is just a brief story on that, because I mean, I don't think too many people got to see or witness it in the uh, the SRO world. But kind of late in the late in the year, they decided to run the final race in, in Las Vegas with SRO in their um, their race grading. They, they have to go through the whole process to get the track certified by the FIA, right? So, um, you know, every track in the country that runs these series have a grade one, two, three, whatever it might be. And so Vegas, they were still certifying the track the night before that we were going to race there. So oh my gosh. as we're doing the track walk, they're moving concrete barriers everywhere and, and, and finalizing the track configuration as we're doing the track walk. And so everyone's kind of you know looking around going, okay, how's this? What's gonna it going to look like tomorrow? Us, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we had a I mean, there were parts of the track that were just kind of shoved in there. We're using part of the Legends Oval on the front straightaway as like a chicane to bring the cars down. We weren't driving on the uh, on the oval portion at all. We were on the apron or on the outside. So we were underneath the banking oh on the uh, on the oval around the outside of the track. Strange configuration. You know, it's kind of set up to be this crazy weekend. And um, at least from for our from our perspective in, in the uh, in the McLaren, it was a. Uh, it couldn't have gone better for us. I mean, we won both races that weekend, um, clean sweep. We had an amazingly fast car, and uh, it turned out to be, you know, one of the the highlights of my uh, uh, my driving career. Looking back, so wow, um, it was fantastic. I loved uh, I loved the weekend, but all the struggles and everything that we had up to that point to end the season on such a high note, where it really all came together, where we had this amazing weekend. I mean, it just made you know, and, and I've won other GT4 races and other stuff too. But all the struggles that led up to that point to win with that team and that program uh, and do it in such a big way to end the end the year was uh, just the best feeling in the world. You know, it really uh, it meant a lot when we had to work so hard up to that point to to get those results in. Isn't it interesting that after such a tough year, you get to a, such a goofy race? <laughs> You know, with what you had, you know, walking the track and going, what are they, they even know what they're doing here? Where's the track going to be tomorrow? And then to come out ahead, but that, as they say, racing. I mean, just the car, the track, the driver, there's all these components. Everything has to line up just perfect for that to happen. So, uh. Nice, nice way to end that. You know, I like to talk a little bit with racers about bucket list items, and I don't mm-hmm. want to look too far ahead because it's very hard to see that far. But if I could provide you with the opportunity to race the dream type of racing, what would that be for you? Yeah, I think um, it's it's easy for me, you know, at this stage of my career to look ahead and say like, all right, there's a, there's at least three races on my bucket list I'd love to do. Um, and then, you know, obviously winning is the uh, the ultimate ultimate goal. But um, even getting the chance to drive in the 24 hours of Daytona, 24 hours of Le Mans, um, those are races I, I grew up watching. You know, I'd, I'd pull out an air mattress in the living room and, and stay up all night watching Daytona, you know, in our uh, our living room growing up when I was nine years old. It's it's those those types of things, you know, looking back that I'd love to have the chance to do that one day. And we've it's been amazing to come close and, you know, be in the, the races right there up in the up in the series and, you know, being a part of the weekends. But, um, you know, it's everyone wants to be a part of the big show. Right. So, you know, that's certainly a, certainly a goal for me. Uh, Long Beach, of course, I'm still bummed I missed out on it. And in 2020, I mean, love to get there. Just the, the tracks I grew up watching and, uh, you know, we're always kind of these um, I don't I don't even want to say goals back then, but just just something I love to to be a part of the sport in and, and be involved with watching and, and seeing the uh, the spectacle of it. Um, it's crazy to think that I'm, you know, kind of almost at that stage, but uh, would love to would love to have the chance to do some of those uh, amazing marquee and, and pinnacle events one day. 
You know, I had uh, Patrick Long on the show a while back. I had the pleasure of meeting him and talking to him a few times at different events. And turns out he won the uh, historic Formula One drive this past weekend. Well, we're recording this nice. show a few weeks back, but yeah, at uh, Long Beach. So uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But I always think about these historic races where these, these uh, I won't say he's an old racer, but he's been around for a long time. He still looks mm-hmm. like a young kid. Uh, but then they go out and drive these cars. There's no hope for us amateurs <laughs> to ever win against these guys. I mean, they just know what they're doing of all their seat yeah that all sounds like fun and of course there's the 12 hours of sebring absolutely uh, another yep. one that's cool I, I had the director of uh, faf racing on the show a few weeks ago nice. and they pulled mm-hmm. a rabbit out of their hat uh, winning <laughs> that event any indycar f1 i mean fantasy worlds uh, i should say fantasy world because you've got the <laughs> skill set but you know that's hard to get to those those levels oh yeah any anything any aspirations there open wheel stuff oh i'd love to and you know i i uh, i did my, my first foray into cars was an open wheel racing. You know, I did a, a season of open wheel on the West coast and, and certainly with team USA, having the chance to hop back in a, uh, an open wheel car over in England for, for a good month in October uh, in 2018. But, um, I mean, I would love to, to pursue an open wheel career. Um, if I can, it's just, you know, I'm, I always see myself as an opportunist and, uh, definitely my opportunities led me more to sports car racing at the time. And, and just the, the money involved in, in the, uh, open wheel series, we just never could piece together to, oh, yeah. to quite, you know, get, get my feet into uh into the road to indy but i would certainly love to i mean the indy 500 is such an amazing spectacle each year uh, there's nothing quite like it so um ever having the chance to to drive in that i mean i would jump on it in a heartbeat um i'm definitely uh i, I i've had this conversation with brian till a while back but you know he was asking he's like well do you see yourself as a race car driver or you know, an indie car driver, a sports car driver. And, you know, for me, it's a race car driver. I, I drive anything with four wheels on it, you know, as fast I can, wherever that might be, whether that's NASCAR rallying, rally cross or, or formula one. I mean, anything with, uh, with four wheels on it that we can make, uh, go fast. I'm, I'm all on board with. So, um, I, I, I'm just happy to jump in a, jump in a race car whenever I have the chance. Well, I think there's a handful of folks like that. And you even see this with some, uh, formula one drivers that, yeah. or indie car drivers, they get to the, what, in racing you think is the pinnacle and then they retire and they go back and they race nascar i mean we see this going on in nascar with you know uh, montoya and some of these people oh, yeah. or even get into rally racing uh you know the Iceman. so uh yeah i mean it, it's if you're a true racer long as it rolls on rubber you love it and you want to go fast in it so i think oh, that's absolutely. pretty pretty cool let's talk about a special vehicle in your life now for racers i let you go two ways with this this could be mm-hmm. a street car that you finally got that you always wanted or the one race car you look back and go, man, I sat in that thing and I went, I'm here, I'm doing it. This is pretty cool. Is there one vehicle you could share with us? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, at least on the uh, on the streetcar side, you know, I'm still pretty young. I haven't owned too many too many cars uh, here in general, but I absolutely love the current car I'm driving is a uh, 528i 99E39 wagon. So I've oh, got a cool. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Got the M Sport package, BBS wheels on it from the factory, and uh, um, picked it up uh, two years ago, about now. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I drove it cross country out to uh, Ohio. So I'm from the West Coast originally, going to school in Ohio State right now. We drove the car cross country, moved in, and it stayed with me out here through the uh, through the, the the Ohio winters and driving, you know, from from racetrack to racetrack on the East Coast. And the thing keeps running. I I've just done a little bit of maintenance on it. It just keeps on keeps on chugging away so i mean that's definitely uh that'll have a special place in in my you know in, in my heart for a while uh and i'm sure I, I'm, i'll be holding on to it for a good bit here too but um uh, as for race cars definitely the uh the mini cooper definitely stands out being the first car i you know drove in a in, in imsa on kind of a national level 
we actually ended up winning in my my second race appearance there at Watkins Glen, wow, nice. and that's when I was uh, 16 years old. Um, I mean, that definitely has a special place too. Um, being in that car and you know the chance to debut in a series that I grew up you know watching, and again, my dad and I would go to race events and and uh, and and see the series and all the ST cars going around. So being in the uh, the last year of that category, manual transmissions and, and IMSA, you know, good good old H pattern. Um, that'll be special for me too, um, for lots of reasons. And it, it was just blast to drive and certainly learned a lot that year as well. Yeah. I love it. I love wagons and they're just, there are not many wagons you can buy anymore in I the know. States here, which is kind of a bummer, but, uh, I think they're cool. I have a good friend, Eddie, who's, uh, uh, does a lot of track days. He's a driving instructor for a lot of nice. track days for BMW and Porsche. Um, he's also, he's a surgeon, but he's become very good at working on cars. So I guess maybe there's some similarities to cutting into people and cutting into <laughs> hoods. I don't know, but he and his son just got back from a nice, uh, week long road trip in a, uh, uh, it's a three series wagon. I think he bought for his son, but it nice. was, it had some trouble. So they fixed it it up he and his son and they took it all the way down to southern california back and i think the only trouble they had was they hit a pothole and uh wrecked two <laughs> rims and two tires so oh man uh, but the car held together uh, based on what they did so nice job oh, yeah nice job we took Eddie. the uh <laughs> thank you we took the wagon to the salt flats driving uh driving down in, you know, in near bonneville yeah and, and i'm just with my dad right so we're just kind of like all right let's yeah let's go take a detour check it out and i mean it was dead empty nobody's out there it was super hot but we're kind of like all right well let's you know, we probably shouldn't be doing this because we have two more days of driving left to go, but yeah, let's see how fast we can get it up to on the, uh, oh, on the salt. Oh, road. you got on the salt. So. Oh my gosh. Wow. Cool. So I got to ask how fast yep. did you go? Well, the top speed is allegedly 129 miles an hour. So we touched 110 and then decided, all right, that's probably pretty good. Took yeah. a while to get there. It's not the fastest car in the world right. by any yeah. means. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, the check engine light comes on the dash. So <laughs> we definitely we paid our price for it. But it's been uh, luckily, it's, I think it's just been one of those electrical things with the old BMWs where comes on turns off i think the code is some you know torque converter clutch circuit so yeah. i'm like all right it's it's been shifting fine for about a year and a half now i haven't had any issues with it so um it turned itself off within three days but i think it was just a little uh got a little stress with us pushing yeah <laughs> pushing the limits <laughs> it was going day. hey guys don't do that to me okay <laughs> don't don't do stay off the salt oh, in yeah. this car but that sounds like fun so i'm a car psychologist here i have a special degree that i anointed myself with i'm gonna crawl into your head if you were reincarnated manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be this is digging deep as to who you see as the man in the mirror what would you be but more importantly why oh man i think that's a that's a hard question without me me saying what i would want to be for sure but um you know definitely i've always uh i've always loved the, the 80s and 90s rally cars and kind of the homologation specials um and you know growing up in the early 2000s uh played a lot of gran turismo which i attribute a lot to my you know car sure. fascination and, and racing knowledge now, but something like the, uh, um, Toyota Celica GT4 oh. WRC. Yeah. Yeah. Love those things. Cause they're still, you know, pretty understated. They're not a, uh, super flashy car. I don't see myself as, you know, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something crazy flashy driving down the road, but more understated, but, uh, but still, you know, got a, a big punch and kind of born to race from, from the ground up for those things. So something like that. Um, I've got an S 2000 back in California as well that I, I love driving and cool. try to fix up, you know, as much as I can here and there. Um, so something, you know, from the, the late nineties, early two thousands, I was born in 2002. So that's kind of my generation. So, um, that's, yeah, that's what I see myself a little bit as I'd say. Nice. God, born in 2002. 
<laughs> All of a sudden, I just got really old here, Colin. Really old. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. So I like to ask people about how they like to give back. I know you're involved in the Parkinson's research. You're ambassador to the Danville Delegates Foundation. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you've had some interest in that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start at, uh, I, w- I want to say 2015 or 16. My grandfather on my mom's side was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um, years and years ago and um, and passed away due to that and some other illnesses. And um, same with my my uncle on my dad's side. So Parkinson's has been a, uh, um, it's it's affected both sides of my family pretty significantly on, on each side. I, I say fortunately, my hometown, uh, there's a, a huge car event each year, the Danville Day Elegance, run by some some people local in town, uh, Jim and Christy, or um, yeah, Jim Edlin and, and, uh, and, his, and his wife. Amazing people. They do this fundraiser, and each year they they have the goal of you know raising as much money as they can for Parkinson's research. Um, so we we saw that and you know thought, all right, this is a, a great opportunity to kind of merge both you know my family's afflictions and and racing in the the, the automotive world and and come together for a great cause. Um, a lot of people don't know that Parkinson's is you know it's one of those diseases that it has a cure in sight. You know, there's there's it's just a matter of getting the resources to to put towards the research to to do so. Um, so luckily for amazing amazing. Uh, organizations like the Michael J. Fox Foundation that you know, offer the the chance to to fundraise and and fund a lot of research efforts themselves. Uh, I started fundraising through Team Fox, um, one of their their resources there to to help you know, boost and and raise money for their programs. Uh, we were partnered up with the the Parkinson's Institute, which is down in Sunnyvale, California. Um, they were pretty prominent at the time, and they they still are. Uh, they do a lot of clinical trials and research themselves there. But it's just great getting to work with you know a local part of my community, help foster not only just the interest for cars within people coming by to the shows, you know, seeing my everything from my go-karts to, to Mini Coopers and, and Honda Civics that I brought out there to I was racing at the time, but do it for a good cause. And um obviously, you know, both sides of my family have uh have people who passed away from Parkinson's. So it's a it was a great chance for me to give back and um something I still love to support as much as I can today. But they've been one of the uh, largest fundraisers of Parkinson's research across the country. I think each year they've, um, for a couple years in a row, they've they've raised over a million dollars and were one of the wow. uh, the largest Michael J. Fox Foundation fundraisers in the country. So, I mean, certainly um, amazing organization. Out, um, Jim stepped away a little bit. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age too. To uh, it, it's been a lot logistically to run over the past couple of years. So after COVID, they've kind of scaled things back a bit, but um, still very active. And if anyone's interested who's listening, um, I highly encourage you to check out the. Um, Danville de Elegance Foundation. Um, if you're in the Bay Area, um, it's amazing, and they still do some some great events throughout the year. For sure, I'll make sure I put a link to that on Colin's show notes page on the Carjai website. But they're easy to find. Danville Elegance de Elegance dot org is easy to find, and uh, really nice that you're doing that. My mother's oh, afflicted you. with Parkinson's and is uh, challenged with that right now. And yeah, it's oh, it's a tough tough thing. Well, my condolences for your losses oh, as well. You. But uh, you it's know. it's one of those things where once you get to talking with people. People and kind of realize if, you know, someone mentions, oh, I have a family member with Parkinson's. It seems like everybody almost does at this point. You know, it seems like it. Yeah, it's it's, unf- it's you know, it, I don't want to say it's fascinating, but it's, uh, you know, it's sadly fascinating. If I guess there's a way to say that. Right. right? Yeah, I understand. And uh, a past guest and a friend of mine, Deb Pollock, she also puts on a great uh, Drive for the Cure a program mm-hmm. where they do nice. rallies and tours to raise money for that because she awesome. lost a family member to Parkinson's. So yeah, it's a good thing to do. Very nice of you to do. So great books. I love great books. We like to share great books. Is there a great book that you could share with us today? Maybe it's an engineering book from one of your <laughs> textbooks, but maybe something a little more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone pick up one of the uh, engineering textbooks. My wife they're... still has all hers, by the way. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's certainly a couple, I mean, race car engineering textbooks that I've picked up here and there, um, race car vehicle dynamics, uh, and some stuff from the, uh, from the, the Millikins. But, um, as for more interesting and digestible reads, uh, I mean, tuned to one is a classic for, for kind of setup world from, from Carol Smith. And, uh, um, I grew up, uh, in, in, in high school, I remember reading, uh, Beast by Jade Gerse. Loved reading that about the, uh, about, you know, the Ilmore engines that Penske teamed up with for, uh, for IndyCar back in the nineties. Um, sure. it was cool with Team USA being able to tour the Ilmore facilities after I read that book and oh, no uh, kind of see some stuff firsthand over in the UK. So, um, highly recommend p- picking, yeah, Beast up by Jade Gerse. And he also wrote, um, John Andretti's autobiography as well, which, um, is very, yeah, touching and, and personal stuff being with the, uh, um, you know, dealing with, um, with that side of the family for a while after, after John passed away. But, yeah, um, absolutely. it's, uh, yeah, Jade's an amazing writer and, uh, and yeah, certainly recommend picking, picking any of his books up. For sure. He's been a guest here on the show. So definitely I'll put links to those books on again, Colin's show notes page. And also you listeners uh, that maybe don't know, there's a great place on the website called Guest Recommend Your Books, where there's over 3000 books listed. I made it really easy for you uh, by all my inspiring automotive enthusiast guests who've been on the show. So quite a library you could build there uh, just off the Cars yeah website. So the ultimate drive, the fun part here, I'm an enabler. So I'm going to provide you with any ride. Now this could be a street car and a trip or it could be a race car and to go race somewhere. So mm-hmm. I'm expanding my horizons. You know, we've got big checkbooks here at Cars, yeah? Fantasy checkbooks, of course. <laughs> but at any rate, if I could provide you with any ride anywhere, and if you're going to go with somebody, could be with anybody, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us, what does the ultimate drive or ride look like for you? Oh, man, I'm going to I'm gonna expand on the, uh, on the race car and street car. I'll go with okay. uh, a Ford RS200. Ooh. go kind of combination of the two yeah. um yeah. that's if, if there's any dream car i have that's probably one of them okay. uh you know i just love the old old group b stuff just how visceral and and crazy that you know racing was for a couple of years and it was nuts um, i mean it was like no oh, yeah. barred just like the old can-am racing you know go do whatever you want yeah absolutely and you know growing up nowadays it's just so you know unique and different that i never got to experience you know in my generation so it's cool to look back and still you know see those cars and and be a part of it nowadays tangentially so that would be you know definitely a a dream car i don't know if i have a dream spot in particular i I can't say there's any crazy scenic places i'd love to to go drive but maybe somewhere in uh in europe and italy on the coast i mean would be would be fantastic or some you know rally stages if we're getting out in the uh (laughs) in the the woods with the uh, with the the rs200 yeah um it'd be amazing to pick apart um someone's brain like a colin chapman or you know old the old engineers that were pretty um, instrumental with what they were able to do back in the day in, in Formula One. So um, certainly any one of, of that caliber. I mean, I'd love to just understand what their uh, what their mindset is like. Even Adrian Newey nowadays, um, you know, just from from that mindset and kind of combining both, uh, you know, the, the racing mindset of what it's like to jump in as a driver with an amazing uh, engineering background and kind of that that unique you know, charge for innovation would be uh, you know, I'd love to sit down and, and chat with with someone like that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, Nui. Oh, man. That would be super cool. I love it. Well, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I knew this would be fast and fun, and I really appreciate you spending time with us. How can people follow along with you and learn more about you? I know you have a great website. Thank you very much. Yeah, website, um, just simple, colinmullen.com. I'll keep my uh, my news page published with uh, with updated articles and thing and write-ups as they come in. But um, uh, social media, I mean, it's it's all available through there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, all the above. 
um, actually ended up on uh, on the Cars Yeah podcast through my my buddy who runs the Drive Cool Cars page on on LinkedIn that uh, that I'm a member of. So I'm over everything, and uh, and I'll be yeah uploading regularly. But hopefully I'll I'll see some of you at a racetrack. Uh, I hope sooner, so sooner than later. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, a, a shout out to uh, Robert Barrett, Coffee on Mars, who got us together. So absolutely. Robert, uh, Rob, he goes by. I guess thank you very much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Colin, hey, we wish you the best. Uh, all success in both race and in college, uh, graduating next year. Congratulations. Thank uh, you That's very much. awesome. Yeah, very, very cool. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you. I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I hope I see you racing on some track. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. This was great fun. Cars Yeah! has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.